out there, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to Late Nights with Mark the Sea. It's a beautiful, warm summer night here in Kingston, Ontario, where the waterways meet and where we meet every weeknight from 1 to 4 a.m. on CKRM-FM. My name is Mark the C, and I'll be sharing with you a mix of trademark verses, fun facts, and the best late-night tunes to soothe your nerves and release your minds to wander wherever they may want to go. Through walls, over fences, across borders and barriers, past debts, regrets, and bad habits. You can float over it all. Walls will be our theme tonight. How we build them up or break them down. Our interview tonight is with Manuela Salvera, a reporter who has been covering the latest developments on Canada's first 3D printed house. A spiral structure with curved walls. Manuela will be sharing how these houses could be a game changer in dealing with homelessness. She'll be telling us about a community of 50 3D printed homes in Tabasco, Mexico, which were recently funded by World Housing. Right now you are listening to Crash by Arms and Sleepers from their album Nostalgia for the Absolute. If you have any musical requests, please feel free to phone them in. The number here is 613-533-2372. That's 613-533-2372. And as always, I will be opening up the phone lines for you to call in and share your own responses to tonight's theme. The theme is walls. You can think in or outside the box on this one, folks. I am in a room. Outside is wind, sun, movement. Suffering. I wait in my room, in my body. In a way, time has stopped. Though my breath and pulse and thoughts navigate out from me, I ride out on those waves over the city and countryside, countering the Earth's orbit. I'm a UFO. Last night, we celebrated our son Bo's birthday. A group of Bo and Frankie's friends in one room, us in the other. Sailing through the ages. Hello. Hi. You are dinosaurs. We are dolphins. No one can stop it. No one. Nothing. Time. On this planet given almost by accident. This room, a station on the way, shielding me from sadness, chaos, 
madness, pathos. Breath, music, movement. Just open the door and walk out. The music you just heard was from Brian McBride. Off his album, When the Detail Lost Its Freedom. The song is titled Overture for Other Halves. Brian McBride was born in Irvine, Texas, but currently lives in Los Angeles with his cats, Ed and Nadine, named after the characters in Twin Peaks. As well as being a composer, Brian is also a visual artist and sign maker and coaches policy debate at high schools and colleges. Tonight's theme is walls. Walls for safety or sanctuary. Walls which entrap or entomb. Walls we need to escape over. Facebook walls. Paywalls. Fate versus free will walls. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts or stories on this theme. As many of you know, like Brian McBride, and well, like many of us these days, I multitask. Along with these radio frequencies, I also inhabit the world of theater. This next riff on walls starts with a reference to a play I wrote. It is accompanied by Reach for the Dead from Boards of Canada off their album Tomorrow's Harvest. have this play about growing up in hotels and motels. It begins with the idea of loss, mortality, the fact we are always moving on from places, people, things. A stream of time moving relentlessly forward, a process which we observe, reflect upon, and rage about. Attempt to damn, disrupt, dive below through drugs, alcohol, sex, art. As the stream flows inexorably toward oblivion, we not only have the gift or burden of watching who we once were slipping through our hands, we also have the capacity to reach back and salvage stories of ourselves. So here we have the river flowing both ways. A phrase I first read in The Diviners by Margaret Lawrence, referring to the Otonabi River in Peterborough, I think. Time, outside of us, pulling us forward and our consciousness drawing us back to an experience that was, and once again, is. The other feeling for me in the phrase, the river flowed both ways, is the upsurge of hope, energy, optimism, inherent in the human condition. Running counter to the despair of the accumulating deaths of your ego, its walls and boundaries. Acknowledging the fact we are part of a larger chain of being. Which brings me to love. Along with story, the capacity to connect is our most powerful antidote to the dread-inducing march of time. The mystery of love gives life the illusion, perhaps not illusion, of meaning. For love is immersive, expansive shaping our attitudes and perceptions. Love of partners, family, friends, all the ex ordinary, extraordinary people. 
the mural of humanity you happen to be sharing the planet with. But speaking of the planet, I can't help but think how far we have descended into the depths of cruelty and hate so many times in history. As a kind of vengeance? For what? The pain of love denied? Removed? Rejected? When does that start? Human energy roiling into resentment. The desire for release through domination, degradation, punishment of others. The quest for truth in life and theater requires a great deal of improvisation. Choices. Following, leading, supporting, contradicting, listening, daring, declaring your love, your stories. Where are you from? Who might you become? With whom will you travel? Thank you to Boards of Canada for that tune. Boards of Canada consists of brothers Michael and Marcus Sanderson, who grew up on the northeast coast of Scotland, but lived in Calgary with their father for a few years while he helped build the Saddledome. Later, both brothers attended the University of Edinburgh, where Michael studied music and Marcus artificial intelligence. Their band's name was inspired by the National Film Board of Canada, whose documentary films and animation Michael and Marcus watched as children. Now, like my son Bo, I also had a birthday recently. It was a big one. And yes, I felt the usual pangs of age, especially those you get when you reach a new decade. But it's complicated. My dad died a month after he turned 50. Suddenly. Tragically. So, my thought in this piece is why should I not celebrate voraciously each successive year on earth I get after that? To underscore this is a more upbeat ditty from the wonderful Austrian duo, Tobias Rieser and Adrian Held, better known as Klanga Russell or Sound Carousel. This is their song called Sonnetanz or Sundance. It is the day before I become five zero. Never to go back to a number with one or two or three or four at the beginning. And I want to write whatever the opposite of a suicide note is. A note to life saying yes. I want to be inside life in all its fierceness, sadness, Awkwardness, unpredictability, inscrutability, absurdity, complexity, responsibility, and connectedness. I say yes to the energy swirling through my brain and solar plexus. I will not be limited by judgments about what I am or am not capable of, but rather will live in close concert to the animal in me, ready to pounce, wrestle, call out as the world unfolds in its own time, around, and through me. This is the opposite of a suicide note, saying, everything thus far has really only been a preparation for the untold blessings of today, and what is to come. Yeah, here's to what's to come. 
And yes, dancing is allowed in the studio here at CKRM. The phone lines are open, so please call in with your own stories of walls. The number here is 613-533-2372. That's 613-533-2372. I already have a few calls, actually. Uh, let's play one now from Maggie. Uh, hey, Mark. Uh, thanks for the late-night company. Um, wanted to talk a bit about walls in the conceptual sense and in the real sense. I guess I'll start with the conceptual sense first. I um, I'm not really a very emotional person, or I guess I am a little bit of an emotional person, but I really don't express it very often or very well. And uh, one time I, I had an appointment with an astrologer, and we talked about my signs, and she told me that I have no water, like there's no water signs in any of my astrological chart. And she was saying that, you know, part of water allows you to um, erode walls and, and slide through the cracks in the walls. So when you're feeling emotional, you can express it, but I don't have any water. So I, I think a lot about how, like, there's probably quite a few uh, emotional walls that are impenetrable in my head, and it's not any that I've built up. It just feels like who I am. Um, and I feel like sometimes I'm just so bad at expressing how I'm feeling, even though I'm, I'm feeling lots of things. Um, but then talking about real walls, uh, I've been in the most amazing relationship, the relationship of, of my life for the last 18 months. And my, one of the early things that my partner and I talked about was moving in together. And, and I was nervous. I had never done it with a partner before. And I was really nervous and he really held me through it and encouraged me to, um, you know, stay true to myself, but also like think about what all the exciting things that could happen if we, you know, shared four walls. And since I moved in with him in April, in February, we've moved twice. Um, and sometimes when I'm feeling so emotional but unable to express it, he's like, "Look around at these four walls. Look around at our space. Look around at all of our stuff together in these four walls." And just know it's going to be okay and that's enough. So a little bit of a rambly kind of thought for you tonight, but uh, thanks so much for keeping me company in this late night, Mark. Wow. Maggie, what a powerful message. Thanks so much for sharing. Great insights on wall as obstacle or shelter. I uh, love the idea of going to an astrologer too. A friend of mine swears by hers, so... Maybe I should check one out. Yeah, I think I'll probably do that. Now, it's still early in the show, but for some of you, it might be getting late. If you want to sleep, I hope I am helping with that. If, like so many others, though, you are unable to slumber, I'm glad we are keeping each other company. I read the other day that actually we need dreams even more than we need sleep. This next piece starts with a recent dream of mine. Would love to hear your interpretation of it. Text it in or send me a tweet at Radio Mark the Sea. Music is from Stars of the Lid, from their album and their refinement of the decline. A track called A Meaningful Moment Through a Meaningless Process. Mysterious, terrifying, euphoric, wow. I'm going through this narrow passage and a baby whale wants to swim alongside me. I wake up buzzing. Yet, find myself 
after a few incidents in day-to-day life, feeling sad. And it is tempting to stay there because it is low down and familiar. But if I do, everything will stop. Need to get some jump back, begin anew, the day-to-day revolutionary tasks of self and other, self and theater, where you are forced to come into unmediated exchange. I feel sometimes the way we make theater is so limiting though, in relationship to our actual experience. Avoiding the fear of being in an unfamiliar place, off balance and vulnerable. Vulnerable. Vulnerable to what? To appearing ridiculous? Stupid? Unattractive? Weird? Inadequate? Weak? Lost? Or vulnerable to your own mind? It's vast powers. Let's head for the less traveled passages. Murky, unpredictable, beautiful, mysterious, terrifying. Wow. As a baby whale swimming alongside you. Stars of the Lid, a meaningful moment through a meaningless process. Yeah, it's true, I suppose. We are all artists in our dreams. Intense emotions, drastic choices, that feeling of the world shifting beneath you. Recently, I directed a play written by my friend, Burke Hall, which waded into some of these turbulent waters. This play was Burke's response to a true life incident on the Jenny Jones show back in the day before reality shows were all the rage. This episode of Jenny Jones was called My Secret Crush. They had a guy on the show and surprised him by bringing on someone that had a crush on him who, it so happened, was also a guy. The next day, the person who had been featured on the show went to the home of the man who he felt had outed him on national TV and shot him to death. The play Burke wrote also ends tragically, but begins as a love story. If two people who have been strangers, as all of us are, suddenly let the wall between them break down and feel close, feel one, this moment of oneness is one of the most exhilarating, most exciting experiences in life. It is all the more wonderful and miraculous for persons who have been shut off, isolated, without love. Eric Fromm, The Art of Loving. Purging pent-up anxieties from process of working on the play Crush, written by my friend Burke. Tangled tracers towards people working on the show and others' reactions to it. Affection? Rejection? Hoping to speak through the project about a power versus love culture. The fear of nature and the urge to crush it. Image from CBC Radio Doc last night of two male giraffes mating. Canadian biologist and giraffe expert Anne Innes recording this back in the late 1950s, but dissuaded from publishing because, well, no one even wanted to discuss the possibility of homosexual giraffes back then. All this through a haze of apartheid and rampant homophobia in stunningly beautiful South Africa, where she was researching. A part of working on Burke's play for me was a chance to explore this idea 
of building a character from the inside out using techniques of fantastic realism, asking actors to go deep into their own lives to discover the impulses of their character. The goal is to create believable, ordinary people with gargantuan, conflicting needs. One of whom destroys their world to save himself from being crushed by it. On a post-play walk through Christie Pits, I stop and stand on the grass, listening to the wind soaring. Origins mysterious, destination unknown. Roaring waves exhilarate and terrify. I try mapping a way forward by putting roots down into the moment. The music is by Keith Kenneth from his album Branches and this song is Branch. Keith Kenneth has his roots in punk bands as a teenager. Everything changed for him, though, he says, when he got a copy of Cool Edit Pro. I was a huge Bjork fan, says Kenneth. And there was an online community that ran a site called the Bjork Remix Web, where people could make unofficial remixes, post them, and comment on or critique things. It was an excellent way to learn how to record on the computer instead of formulating ideas completely from scratch. Keith is now a composer for film, television, dance, and performance art. On the topic of community and walls, a German friend of mine, Martin, who I studied theater with at U of T, gave me a piece of the Berlin Wall on a visit to back here to Canada a few years ago. Martin was part of the Peaceful Revolution, a movement whose goal was to remove the wall and reunify Germany. The wall coming down was, of course, a watershed moment signaling the end of the Cold War and the beginning of many changes we are still working through. I brought this memento into the studio tonight to remind me of an actual wall which was built and torn down within my lifetime. Taking down walls. Finding and using your voice. A voice I miss very much is that of another theater friend, the brilliant and multi-talented William Thomas, who died way too young. If you wander into the lobby of the Grand Theatre here in Kingston, you will see a fabulous photo of a young William decked out in Joseph's amazing Technicolor dream coat, one of many musicals he appeared in. I also collaborated with William on a few memorable, more alternative shows. What I'm about to describe is a seemingly small dilemma some of you may have also experienced in this age of wireless communication, but one which for me had a certain weight or gravitas, as they say. Accompanying the words is a track I'm sending out to William, wherever he may be called Tracking Aeroplanes, by a group called the Echelon Effect. The texts of my dead friend William are still in my phone. I think of him dying last night, skin and bone. So, these words are there, his words, traces. No different from the texts of anyone else or any writings for that matter. I remember William as a truth-teller, as an artist, fighter, raconteur, always ready to puncture the puffiness in people with uproarious observations. 
I remember him as a humorist, a humanist, an activist, acutely aware of, but not daunted by, the absurdities and injustices of the world. Bright-eyed, mischievous, mercurial, Kingston dude, then man of the Danforth, devotee to the theater of authenticity, GMO aficionado, a gentle soul who liked to stir the pot. He met you on common ground. Working from the ground up in the creation of new works for the theater, William was intuitive, approaching a role with razor-sharp wit, breathtakingly specific physical movements, and an open, generous heart. He acknowledged that we were venturing into the unknown and got on with it, entering into the process with unbridled passion. He often played people on the edge, at odds with their societies, mad prophets who spoke truth in the face of fear. I remember when we were planning to do a project in response to 9-11, we got together for several coffee-infused discussions and William meticulously analyzed how fear isolates and builds walls between us. He understood that we lie in order to protect our own place in the status quo and that sharing truth was a form of dissent. He embraced the power of words and understood their relationship to action. William knew that there was no such thing as being apolitical. I love the way William tore down walls, how he raged against tyranny, greed, xenophobia, corrupt government, corporate art, hypocrisy of all kinds. He was capable of a light or a more savage touch depending on what the situation required and always with a view of inching us towards the more loving, more equal, and greener world he envisioned. When we were about to take a family trip to San Francisco, I texted William for recommendations, and first on his list was not City Lights books or Alcatraz, but Muir Woods, across the Golden Gate Bridge, about 30 minutes from downtown, either a rental car ride or a bus ride to see the tallest trees in the world. Cool. When I visited William after his diagnosis, he was wrestling with the possibility of dying, and we talked. He cried for what he was losing, and had already lost. Next time I went over, he was quietly defiant, determined to overcome the cancer, turn things around, get strong again. The last time I visited, he seemed philosophical, but also confused and afraid. Not without hope, but very fragile and vulnerable. I imagine when his time came, there was acceptance, but I don't know. I am not really accepting it. I am shocked that when death happens, that it is so final, that there will be no debriefing in the bar afterward. No notes on how to make it better. No post-show hilarity at the classic actor mishaps or weird audience reactions. I know the way I cope is denial, mixed with anger that a friend has died, and vague relief I am still alive, along with a twinge of fear that I may be next, and also in a certain way, guilt that by continuing to participate in this upside-down world where so many people are dying before they get to grow old and so many others are living in misery, I am somehow complicit. As I write this and speak it, I grow ever more determined to do everything I can with the time I have left to help make the world a more truthful and tolerant place, a place of dignity and mutual respect. And as I do, I feel supported by the incredibly beautiful, talented, feisty, funny, wise, body, soul, face, hands, hair, eyes, and oh-so-melodious voice, who is, was, William. I will leave the texts in my phone for now.
tracking aeroplanes by the echelon effect. I learned in a workshop I did once that one of the earliest uses of radio actually was as a medium to communicate with the dead. So here we are. Some spiritualists would use radio to supplement their photography of ghosts. More recently, there have been some breakthroughs in the interpretation of electronic voice phenomena, or EVP. Michael Hobart Edwards has written a book about this called Speaking to the Dead with Radios. According to Hobart Edwards, you don't need to be a psychic, a medium, or have any paranormal gifts to receive and record audio messages from your deceased family members, or friends, or even pets. You can do it in the privacy of your own home with a hacked AM, FM radio and digital recorder, saving thousands of dollars in the process. Shout out to fans of the paranormal, the recently bereaved, and other navigators of the edges where the somber seeks light. One of the things I love about this shift in the summer is that on my drives home, I get to see the cobalt landscape over the Cataraqui River brighten watt by watt. Night dissipates and the light begins ever so slowly to seep through. And since it is summertime in Kingston, I know that many of you are traveling to cottages. I was able to get away myself a couple of weeks ago, and while up there was reading James Orbinski's memoir, An Imperfect Offering, Humanitarian Action for the 21st Century. He's the Canadian guy who started Doctors Without Borders, and reading his book led me to pen this piece, which I have titled Obliterate. And I'm dedicating this one to my late mother, Elise, who, as it happened, died on my birthday a few years ago. I really shouldn't take it personally, but it still kind of bothers me that she left the world on the same date she brought me into it. For me, July 8th will always represent both a beginning and an end. Music is by William Tyler, Gone Clear. Reading in the Splendor of Nature, at a cottage north of Kingston, a book by James Orbinski, which begins with a quote by a monk. Be careful not to simply become a user of what you know. I want to obliterate myself by alcohol or any means necessary. The me I see on the outside is so far removed from the one on the inside. I say and do things to close the gap but it does the opposite. Returning to the city, I quickly adjust to the heat of scrunched up bodies, projecting prosthetic agendas, going about daily tasks with a look at me, fuck you attitude. There is this hunger to sleep with whomever, whatever, knowing deep down all will be lost, which on some level will be fine because then I will belong to the all lost. I desire knowing each step we take is charged equally with ultimate significance and meaninglessness. But what is on the other side of the wall we long to break down? Is it pure feeling? Dreamscape? No judgment? Or is it purely physical? Sensual, sexual, non-stop touching, reacting, dancing, enveloped, entwined, enraptured, engaged, engorged. Is it a childlike state? You, yourself, as a child? What is on the other side of the wall we seek to break down? Is it wind? Is it the past? Is it death? Obliteration. Particles scattering and returning. 
Perhaps we are on the other side of the wall now. And in our imperfection, are ready to reach out to those who desperately need us. Tyler. Groundbreaker in the lesser-known genre of cosmic country. He also plays indie folk and pop rock. Tyler was born on Christmas Day, 1979, in Nashville, Tennessee. His parents co-wrote Bobby Sue by the Oak Ridge Boys. Tyler's third album, Modern Country, was hailed by Rolling Stone as one of the best country albums of the year. I'm glad I was able to play something kind of country for mom. She enjoyed the Havelock Country Jamboree, Kingston Blues Fest, and Sunday Afternoon Jazz. I guess you could say she liked to party, but was also in many ways a private person. Mom was someone emotionally affected by both community and world events, but not overly willing to engage with them. The more disillusioned and angered by the violence, suffering, and stupidity she saw on the news, the more agoraphobic she became. I think I might have inherited some of these traits. My mom was also a great lover of books and language. More on this on our upcoming episode on moms. But your calls on walls have continued to come in. So let's play a couple more. Any kind of walls? Um, oh, I don't know. It's a bunch of things. Uh, sitting atop a three-story wall as a teenager in Quebec City, which seemed like... I don't know. It, it was a fun time with people I never saw again, but it was, uh, for me at the moment, being very shy and cautious person, the idea of just sitting on top of something like that and just chilling for once instead of being, you know, anxious all the time was really quite nice. It was somewhere in the old city. I can't remember exactly where, but it was like, you know, a 17th century fort wall, and it was like three stories tall, and I could watch everybody down with my legs hanging down below. Um, as somebody who's typically kind of afraid of falling not so much heights but falling yeah just being able to sit on something like that i don't know if i ever do that again i was 17 it's kind of dumb as we often are back at that age you know um so that's a fun one that i can call off the top of my head um oh i don't know uh metaphorical walls i don't know i mean i i was a student protester for anybody who was around Queens in the early 2000s would probably recognize me, so there was plenty of walls I climbed and walls I raged against at various points of when I was at school, so, you know, I guess I'll just leave it there. Yeah. Honestly, like, I face walls every single day. Anytime I go to the gym, if I have to, like, work on my, my, my squats, I, I'm facing that wall. But what I what I don't understand is like one days I I run full force right towards this wall and all of a sudden it's just gone like it was never actually there it's all in my head right and then other days I'm running you know what maybe it, it's more of a jog right towards that wall and the wall is just towering over me I can't even get through it and now once I'm faced with these walls towering over me sometimes I just lean on that wall and it supports me you know what I can work with it there. And then other times, I lean on that wall, and it just collapses. Like, I, I just fall on my face, and it's embarrassing. Like, well, I, 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 I don't know where to go from there. Like, honestly, bro, I think, I, I just don't know what to think about walls. Like, how can I make a wall actually work for me when it's just blocking me? Okay. So that was Dave, uh, followed by Zayden. Thank you, guys. Great. Uh, Dave, I love the image of sitting on those walls in Quebec City, 17th century, whenever they were built. And, and you up there with your legs dangling down, a little precarious, but also on top of the world in a way and facing your fear of falling. Very cool. Zayden, uh, I want you to know your struggle is very relatable. I appreciate you sharing so vividly how, how real those walls within can be sometimes. 
As we start to wind down this part of the show, I'd like to offer a piece inspired by my life partner, Sally. Sally, of course, has her own late afternoon program here on CKRM. Though, yes, we do see each other once in a while. Ha ha. This piece all started last spring on a walk with our dog, Soda. The music is a song called Shadows Fall from Random Forest out of London, UK. day that is so beautiful you just want to cry Sally says zero degrees and sunny she turns her face to the sun soaking it in soda keeps her furry face alert waiting for the walk to continue when we are walking it's all good ideas flow Blood churns, there is animated discussion, streaks of melancholy maybe, and sometimes conflict, but mostly hope that we will be able to deal with the pressures impinging on us. You head home and open your phone to a cyber stream of other lives to scroll or stroll through. I stand by the kitchen sink, heavy heart, the dreams will start again of being abandoned, alone, of losing you, afraid you will direct your attention elsewhere, that our love will not abide, it will ebb, we will fall, I will fail, for no matter what I do, I cannot control the way you feel. I stand at the sink. Stop praying for a sign. Dog takes a drink from her dish. Heart inexplicably lifts. The necessity of, the mystery of what we have Enough. That was Shadows Fall by Random Forest. Random Forest describe themselves as a collaborative project in which organic instruments collide with electronic elements to form uplifting palettes of sound, tracks that range from epic to incredibly sparse. I like the word collaborating because it sounds like cooking something up together in a lab. Life as a grand experiment. The thing about love is that it collapses our walls, even if only for an instant. That inner rush when our existential turmoil is absolved. I venture out seeking collaborators in projects of love and art. Windows, doors fling open. People crisscrossing, brushing past, like the opening of an Italian film. Kindred spirits from random corners of the planet. The thing about love is that it collapses our walls. Even if only for an instant. That inner rush when our existential turmoil is absolved. Love collapses only turmoil.
inner rush. Kindred spirits. Random corners. That's Steve Reich playing Mallet Quartet Fast. You can read about Steve Reich's early days developing his unique sound alongside Philip Glass and other inspiring collaborations that were being sparked in New York City across many genres of music and performance in the early 70s. Patti Smith, Iggy Pop, Grandmaster Flash, and others described in the book Love Goes to the Buildings on Fire by Will Hermes. Great book. And we have time now for one more call. Hi, Mark. I was just listening to your program uh, with the, the theme of the wall, and it reminded me of a story. Um, when I was in the last year of high school, a good friend of mine who lived on a farm in Valencia, which is just outside of Lindsay, Ontario, um, he invited, uh, well, he had a party. And uh, so we all uh, congregated at his house and then walked through a cow pasture to a wooded area, and uh, we partied into the night. Um, and uh, at one point, there was a few of us that wanted to go back home, so we trekked out onto the, the pasture, and we were walking towards uh, the farmhouse. And, uh, uh, you know, being loud and obnoxious. But um, all of a sudden, someone said, shh, 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 and we all, you know, became quiet. And, and uh, we could hear this kind of... This, this animal noise, this snorting noise, and uh, someone yelled, oh my God, it's, it's, it's a bull, it's the bull. And uh, so we all started to run towards the stone fence and we climbed over it and got to the other side and uh, you know, we fell over the, the wall and whatnot and, and uh, we, we all stood up and we were all quiet to see what, you know, what had happened to the bull. And then someone said, oh my God, the bull's on this side. Love your program, Mark. Really enjoy listening to it in the wee hours of the night. That was Barb, phoning in with a shout to Valencia, just outside Lindsay, Ontario. We really do have no idea sometimes what side of the wall we are actually on. No bull. Thank you, Barb, and everyone else who phoned in those great calls. We actually didn't have time to play them all, but we will post more of them on the CKRM website. I'm not an expert, but I think it is good for us when the walls come down like this, or in some cases when we build up or lean on the walls that are necessary for us to thrive. Please stay tuned for our interview with Manuela Salvera, coming up next on Late Nights with Mark the Sea.
Thank you.